The following episode of The Walking Dead Podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Audible.com is the premier source of spoken audio information and entertainment on the internet. Choose from their extensive catalog of over 215,000 audio programs from leading audiobook publishers, comedy specials, magazine and newspaper publishers, business information providers, as well as many other products. Audible is also the preeminent provider of spoken word audio podcasts for Apple's iTunes Store. In addition to audio programs from outside publishers, Audible.com introduces Audible Studios. Matching the most imaginative and esteemed authors with the world's best performers, including Academy Award winners, respected stage actors, and Juilliard graduates, Audible Studios produces a diverse catalog of engaging audio ventures for every age. Sign up today for your free, no-obligation trial membership at audibletrial.com forward slash dead. You'll get a free audiobook, and you'll be helping to support The Walking Dead podcast. So head on over to audibletrial.com forward slash dead and start a new adventure today. And now, we're pleased to present the latest episode of The Walking Dead podcast. We always think there's going to be more time. It's the Walking Dead Podcast. Got any advice for me? Yeah, I'd say make a run for it. This is the Walking Dead Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Walking Dead television show on AMC and the Walking Dead comic from Image Comics. Come on, come on! So sit back, relax, and join the herd. Welcome back to another episode of The Walking Dead Podcast. I'm Scott, and here with me, as always, is the indubitable, Mr. Gary. I'm here! <laughs> Not used indubitable in a long time. That was time to take it out and dust it no, off. No, it's been... Yeah, it worked out. Yes, indeed. indeed. I, just, I said that in my mind in Omar Epps' voice. Did you? <laughs> Good to know. We're indubitably going to be number one. So. Yes. <laughs> As you may have noticed, that's from the movie The Program. When he's trying to impress Holly Berry, so he puts in a bunch of words he wouldn't normally use, and she goes, you know, that doesn't make you sound intelligent. That's like a dead giveaway. Anyway, <laughs> as you may have noticed, we were gone a couple weeks. 
part of this was Thanksgiving. In other words, I was too full to do a show. <laughs> no. Part of it was Thanksgiving, and the other part was due to my getting underwater with work and just not having time to thoroughly watch and consider the last two episodes of the front half of the season, which would be required to do a good show. So I asked Gary if we could postpone, and after he put a hex on my house, he said, okay. <laughs> I mean, I hope you weren't too upset about that, but I just thought it was fair, you know. Yes, you, the voodoo doll of me, I must say, I'm not that fat. How's your neck doing? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I've had kind of a kink in it lately. <laughs> sort of like, felt like there was a pin. <laughs> I wonder why. A pin shoved <laughs> through my uh, L5. I wonder why. I mean, that's so, that's so funny you would say that. Yes. Another one was like, you know, right in the groin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like, punched yeah, you there several yeah. times. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, at some points, I felt like I'd been run over by a car. I, I don't know what that's about. That was just a mistake. That that time I just dropped you and ran over a mistake. Threw me out the window. Threw me out the window. I hit it. Yeah, that was, that was a careless yeah, mistake on my part. Exactly. Sorry about that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> So, anyway, today we're going to recap the entire first half and include in that our recap of episodes seven and eight rather than do like a separate thing for each. Because mm -hmm. I, I don't know how that would turn out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, trying to get it done while we can. So, we'll also include in that our recaps, our thoughts on episodes seven and eight, Stradivarius and Evolution. And I, mm. I must say, I very much appreciate the the producers of The Walking Dead keeping those titles to one word. Yeah. So that way it's easy for me to remember. <laughs> Which we all know your memory is fading a little bit, so, you know. What? What? I don't remember. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Case in point. I guess that would be the into, into talk or intro talk. As it's, <laughs> the into talk. Yes. You know, I, I constantly tell my students to proofread, proofread, proofread. Yeah, and then yeah, I then yeah. when I do it, I'm like, oh my god. Do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> yeah, intro. I'm like, you got to proofread because I do it all the time, and I I proofread read everything, emails, everything, tweets. On the rarely rare occasion in which I do a tweet, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. at the, at real Donald Trump. Shut up. No, <laughs> never done that. <laughs> You should literally just do that once a day, every day, just yeah, to no. shut up, treat to him. Don't think I want to get trolled. Yeah, I guess. By every so. angry, by every person that, that gets angry about that stuff. So yeah. I'd rather just disengage. <laughs> Enjoy. Probably a no. good idea. No. <laughs> yeah. So I've kind of mainly divorced myself from most forms of social media anyway. Yeah. Instagram, gone. Twitter, Rarely. Facebook. I don't even know how to get on there anymore. No. So, I only so have where do you get your pictures of Emily Bett Rickards then? Well from Google Images, of course. Oh, okay. Yeah, true. It's a one stop shop. <laughs> you can get everybody. You can get yeah. all the all the good people are there. Um, you know. Uh, <laughs> Daniela Panabaker, uh Emily Bett Rickards, or however she says her name. Yeah. Nadi Hilker. This is the newest, newest edition. Um, uh, of course, uh, Adrian Palicki. Well, yeah, I have that bookmarked. <laughs> I have those Google Images bookmarked. I'm sure. I mean, you got to have priorities. You know, you gotta have that's, my, that's my happy place. 
<laughs> yeah, she changed her hairstyle for for uh, Orville season two. Did she? Yeah, looks good. It's shorter? Or? No, it's it's in you know, shoulder length. It's it's just a different different style. Oh, okay, interesting. Not that the other there was not that there was a thing wrong with the other style or like anything else about her. Of course not. No, but no. Interesting. Yes. I'm all for more programs with Adrian Palicki, even if she's just like a cameo, like extra. Yeah. Oh, she's in it. I'll watch it. Even if it's just a, a show of her, like reading the phone book, or or just like sitting there going, "Can I go?" <laughs> I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's like in that what was it? The Big Short. They would have those clips of people explaining various aspects of the financial. Um, meltdown and they said here to explain this is margot robbie in a bathtub (laughs) so she's in there taking a bubble bath and she explains something about derivatives or credit default swaps or something and then at the end she says she looks at the camera goes all right fuck off (laughs) that's funny yeah did you see that movie i didn't actually very good movie i think you mentioned that that clip though brad pitt steve carell um and and then the other countries. Hmm. Ryan Gosling. Who's the one that plays Deadpool? Ryan Reynolds? Not him. I think it's Ryan Gosling. Hmm. He's in it as well. Interesting. Yeah. So, did I mention Brad Pitt? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, that really doesn't have anything to do with The Walking Dead. But really. this, But this does. <laughs> this is episode 224 of the podcast. And as always, you can leave your comments or feedback by emailing us at twdpodcast at gmail.com. And Gary will read those emails at some point. Yeah. We'll get to them. Again, divorce myself from most forms of social media, including email. No, it's not, <laughs> not true. Or by posting a comment on our Facebook page, facebook.com, Walking Dead Podcast. Yes, Facebook is where that's at. We and still have that. You can say anything else about Facebook. It's a book for your face. And yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and if you've got nothing good to say, just don't say anything at all. So, you know. And you used to like Facebook a lot. Yeah. And we'll just leave it right there. Right there on the on the edge of the table. <laughs> you can also give us a call on our voicemail line at five six one five zero one one four three. No, I don't know how to tell you how to get to the Department of Motor Vehicles. And I can't deliver you a pizza, so please stop trying to call and order a pizza. Office. Gary is not the T W D podcast version of Grubhub. I can be. I mean, if you want to pay me double the price of Grubhub. Grubhub, which sucks. Yeah. We're like talking hair on the mashed potatoes type suck. <laughs> Dang. Yes. I'm, I'm doing Uber Eats next time. You know, you know I, I actually had an issue with them one time too. Yeah. I will say that, um, well, this is what happens when you don't have professionals <laughs> delivering your food. Because, you know, the yeah. training program from your average delivery driver is much more extensive than the one for Uber Eats or Grubhub. Yeah, I'm sure. They're just like, oh, you have a car? <laughs> you don't have a criminal record? <laughs> cool. Yeah. Deliver food. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you have, can you get gas? So, um, yeah, this is from a restaurant like two miles from me. Just to see how the thing worked. It, I should have just drove over there and got it myself. Because it took like an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. Stupid BJ's. Never been to BJ's. Would you like them? Yeah, I do. As This is not the, the Sam's Club 
knock yeah off. yeah i've always been curious i've never actually been I, 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 yeah the food is very good i think and, and the price is good as long as mm. it doesn't take an hour and a half to get to you <laughs> it doesn't if you go there yeah <laughs> but they have some signature desserts as places like that do and they they make they have some handmade uh sodas that they have and then they they're uh, like a microbrewery as well interesting yep are they, are so. they like an american food type place yeah yeah okay they have like American inspired or Italian inspired American things like spaghetti. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> they really dig deep on that one. <laughs> not, not like, not like actual spaghetti you would get in Italy, but American spaghetti. Yeah. Uh, just like Chinese food here is not what you would get. In exactly. China, exactly. Chop gotcha. suey invented in San Francisco. Just want to <laughs> put that out there. The rumor is that a guy was, uh, there were some sailors coming in and, mm-hmm. He was afraid if he didn't serve them something like they would bust up his restaurant. So he like threw a bunch of shit together, served <laughs> them that, and they loved it. And they, when they asked him what it was, he said, oh, a chop suey. <laughs> that's funny. That's, yeah, that's what <laughs> I was told. Yeah. Sounds, sounds like. Probably not what happened at all. I mean, it sounds like that's probably. Probably crazy. like they were going up to shoot the guy down, and, and they, the guy was just clearing his guns, and that ended up hitting the plane, and the plane crashed. Hmm. Yeah. He was credited with a shoot down, which is technically <laughs> true. Yeah. You don't know what I'm talking about there, do you? Not really. Yamamoto. Oh, okay. That's how Yamamoto died. Hmm. You know who Yamamoto was? Yeah. No, you don't. No. no. <laughs> I know the name Yamamoto. I don't know much about it, but like I know what you're talking about. I'll do this in 15 seconds. Admiral Isoroku Yamamoto was the strategic architect of the attack on Pearl Harbor mm. and the, okay. when they broke the Japanese code, they were able to one day detect where he was going to be. And they sent the fighter planes to intercept his aircraft and they shot it down. But what happened was they lined up in those days. You, you did typically you would fire once to clear any debris that got caught up in your gun barrels on yeah. those aircraft. And they, the guy was clearing his guns and those rounds hit the, his Yamamoto's aircraft. And that's, that's how his plane went down. Oh, wow. So they hadn't actually formally engaged the aircraft. But again, nothing to do with The Walking Dead. So Interesting, though. I, I, I knew of Yamamoto, but I didn't know the details of yep. that. That's really cool. Yep. That's a, fascinating, that's a fascinating how that worked. Yeah. Now I've lost my train of thought. Oh, yes, the zombie apocalypse. Yes. <laughs> Back to that old thing. Yeah, that, that old thing. Yeah. That old bag. Yeah. Did you notice Roy Harp? and? <laughs> <laughs> That's our go-to tangent, Roy Harper. Yeah. <laughs> Roy Harper's weight. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and now on to the main event before I come up with something else to talk about that has nothing to do with it. A recap of Season 9, Episodes 1 through 8. Hey, by the way, did you notice that Roy Harper gained some weight? Not anymore. He lost it. Yeah. He's oh, in fighting shape now. <laughs> you know what? I forgot to mention because we were so busy at work last night, but you mentioned uh, the, the Smallville house being used. Oh, yeah. The, did you notice, too, in that little clip that they showed, um, the like prelude or whatever, there's one dead body on the ground. It's the Smallville green arrow with the yes, yes, I, I, green costume. I I um I watched par- a partial like uh, – analysis of this trailer mm-hmm. 
And I didn't know who that other Flash was, but I'm oh, like, yeah. that looks a lot like the Flash from the 90s. And they said, that's because it is. Yeah. Well, Gary, it seems like the first half of season nine just started and it's yeah. already over. So I, um, yeah, I, I, I really am, you know how we were down on it the last couple of years. I really like, it's like a complete turnaround. And maybe that happens when you're like the showrunner for a little while, you getting some new energy in there helps. I don't know. I, I think Scott Gimple did wonderful things with it's the funny. show, but yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Like they reinvigorated it. Um, yeah. I have a new friend from work actually. And I mentioned that I do a podcast and she looked it up and listened to it. And she's like, yeah, you sounded really disinterested. <laughs> we were talking about something like, I think she looked up the old, uh, the old feed. Uh-huh. So it was like, you know, a season ago. And, and I'm just like, yeah, it was hard to get through some days. Um, oh, but, yeah. like, but now like I'm legitimately excited about the show again. It was like season two of um, fear the walking dead. Yeah. Like my God, I'm only doing this cause we said we'd do it, but it's really just, yeah. <laughs> <Pretty much. laughs> Thank God. Season three was a ton better than season two. And season four was even better than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and not even the fact that Morgan is on it now, because Morgan's a great character now. Yeah, it's just that the new characters that they brought in work so well, and I mean the several of the old characters are gone. Like, yeah, um, Kim Dickens is gone. Cliff, uh, Travis, Cliff Curtis, Cliff Curtis, yeah, and then um, Frank Delane. Yeah. So, and I liked Frank Delane's character, but uh, yeah, he was, was our favorite shock. for the longest time. He was, but, it was a total shock that, that yeah. I didn't expect that. And yeah, just, I thought that especially season four really kind of got back to the roots of what we liked about it in the first place where the human conflict was the overriding concern, mm-hmm. not the zombies. And in the past, I think they haven't really, they haven't really come up with, I don't know how to express it. The the stories just seem to be just not as as fulfilling in terms of character development. And I know people complain sometimes when they have character development episodes, but I think those really are what make the the world in that show better. And I think they've gotten back to they have found a good balance of that again. Yeah. You know, I like to see, that's why, you know, when I watch season two now, and it, it, admittedly at the time, I thought it was slow at a lot of points. Mm-hmm. But when I watch season two now, I really appreciate the fact that they found a really good balance between nature versus man. Yeah. The nature aspect of it being the zombies and the, and the elements, as opposed to the conflict between the characters. It was kind of neat because they were all trapped in, not trapped, but they were all in one enclosed location. So they, there was a lot of interpersonal conflict going yeah. on there because they, they were all so close and, you know, they couldn't really do anything else. You know, they weren't spread out. There wasn't a huge jail for them to like yeah, and, each and, their own cell or whatever. And, you know? and season one, I mean, primarily, mm-hmm. and it's only six episodes long, but season one, they're, they're in most of the time that camp yeah. or Atlanta. And it just works that, you know, you're learning about the characters and develop, developing them. You're finding out. I just thought it, 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 they're getting back to that. And I really, as we'll get into here, but 
especially in terms of this season, I really like episodes six, seven, and eight. And I think the addition of the new characters, uh, Magna, Yomiko, Luke, and I am embarrassed to say, I don't remember the names of the, it's Connie and Kelly, the sisters. Mm, yeah. Connie is the one who's completely deaf. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Angel Theory, who plays Kelly, her sister, portrayed as hard of hearing in the show, but she is in real life. Oh, she, really? Yeah. She, uh, it sounds like she lost her hearing after she was after she started talking hmm. it's usually the, the people who they their their speech is not fully developed to the people who are deaf and it's because they were born deaf or they lost their hearing very early interesting but it also what i understand is she's not deaf she's hearing impaired but she can understand you it looks like she reads lips fairly well but when they had her and lauren ridloff who plays uh uh, Connie on uh, Talking Dead. They both had to use a sign language translator. Hmm. But anyway, hey, uh, they do a great. They've really incorporated that well. And uh, to be honest, I don't remember in the comic if that's the case where one of the characters is deaf. I don't remember. It's been a while remember. since I've read it. Yeah. But I think I think those new characters brought in a lot of a lot of the energy we really liked from the group earlier on in the, in the course of the show. And it was a big risk bringing in new characters, especially after getting rid of some of our favorite well-established characters, but it really worked out well, I think. That's another thing. They've really taken out a higher number of main characters right off the bat. Yeah. I mean, they got, obviously Rick is the biggest one, but mm. Maggie, they just sort of wrote her out. Yeah. Uh, and then what happened with Jesus? Yeah. I just didn't expect that because Jesus is still alive. Well, and they've so been, Rick, but. Yeah. But I mean, they've also been building him up this season is now the, the new leader of the Hilltop. And yeah, uh, they started showing him mentoring and, you know, whatever training with Aaron and they, they were developing that relationship and then just gone. I, I did. That's uh, that is in many ways like the way they do it in Game of Thrones. Mm where you can have a main character just die and you're like, Oh, they never killed that one plot armor. And then there's no plot armor. Yeah. So. Um, I'm curious though, uh, touching on Maggie, mm-hmm. obviously they just kind of wrote her out and supposedly she's off doing whatever with Georgie in their community. Do you think that there's potential for her to be in some of those movies with Rick in the future? Or do you think that oh, she's yeah. just done with the show? No, no, I, I, I think there's, there's a potential for her to return. That's, that's what I'm thinking. That's why they didn't kill her off. That's what I was thinking. Like, it's a definite decision to not kill her off, you know? I think, I think there's a fair, a high degree of probability that they might bring her back, like, as, a, as the series is winding down. Mm. Uh, like they did with Rosenberg in Smallville. Yeah. And, uh, they did the same thing with Rob Lowe in The West Wing. He left The West Wing after, in the middle of season four. Toward, yeah, they got halfway, a little bit more than halfway through season four. And then they brought him back for like the last two or three episodes of the series. Hmm. So I thought, I yeah. think, uh, I think that's a possibility. I wouldn't be surprised if Rick is in the series finale. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I think though with these movies, um, I think they're specifically taking certain characters out of the show 
so that like the ones that were fan favorites that they wanted to get rid of, but they don't want to kill them off. Yeah. They could have them do one or two movies a year you know, like instead Dwight. of having to be there the whole year to film a whole right. series. Right. You know, right. and uh, I think that would be like for someone like a uh, Lauren Cohen that, you know, she's still young. She wants to pursue other acting jobs and things like that. Yeah. She can still be part of the universe keep herself in that door, you know, but then also go do whatever she wants and not have to spend her whole year in Atlanta. Yeah. And then she's on, on uh, my understanding, she's uh, signed on as a cast on another series. So. Oh, makes sense. Yeah. She wanted to get out of it salary, I think, and so forth, but she really more or less, she wanted to pursue other things and it just wasn't possible. That's what I've read, but yeah, I don't know what, if that's the same thing in part with Lincoln, that he wanted to do some other stuff and they made it possible for him to do that and still be a part of walking. Dead. I, from I, what I heard, a big thing for him too is just missing his family. In yeah. Life. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I imagine that's a big, I know his kids are young. Yeah. So, and, and I also understand that his wife is, his wife has made it clear that, you know, you need to make sure that you're prioritizing when you're not working trying to get back here or be in contact. Cause I, I recalled that on other podcasts when I used to listen to other podcasts, they mentioned that he is usually one of the first to get out of the convention because he gets on a plane and goes back to England. Mm. So he can see his wife and his kids. Makes sense. That's nice. You know, if you can make that work, that's great. I yeah. imagine it's hard to live in Atlanta. Well, so much during the year. And try and commute back to, to Europe. Yeah. Must be hard. Yeah. Especially with the young family and all that. You know, I, I liked um, the mention about um, Daryl or, or Carol mentions to Daryl about, you know, about looking for Rick. Mm. She makes a reference to him looking for Rick. She's without, um, without specifically saying it. Yeah. You know, are you still looking for him? Everybody knows who she means. And he mm-hmm. says, uh, he said something, if I recall, that not so much anymore, but implied basically, I can't give up. I've never found a body. Yeah. <laughs> not once. You know, as if he's expecting that either to find a dead body or to find zombie Rick walking around. Yeah. But he never found a body. So I like in the, in the uh, comic, there's a, a part they couldn't have done it on TV the way the whole Shane thing resolved. Mm-hmm. Of course, he dies much earlier in the book, but in the book he dies and then they bury him, not knowing that you turn into a zombie whether you're bitter. You turn into a zombie when you die, yeah, unless your brain is damaged. And so when they find this out that you don't have to to be bitten. Rick gets on a motorcycle and he goes back to the camp from mm-hmm. where Herschel's farm is to see if zombie Shane is in that hole they put him in. <laughs> and then he basically unearths it. And sure enough, Sean Shane's in there moving around growling, trying to get out. So yeah. he puts, he puts him down. That would have been kind of a, that would have been kind of a really good scene if they'd have done it. Like, uh, and then he leaves and you don't know what he's doing. And then he goes back there and he starts digging the hole. And then you finally realize after he uncovers it, that he went back there to see if Shane turned into a zombie. And you know, Rita would act the heck out of that. 
having to kill Rick again. But he's After his own, you he know? watched him get blowed up on that bridge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'd be emotional for sure. Oh, that was such an amazing and not even one word said and just the whole range of emotion was just right there. It was on all of their faces too, you know, but him especially. Particularly the close up on him. He realizes yeah. Rick saved them, but he realized what, what happened in the process. And again, as I mentioned, I, I really like the new characters. They're bringing in again that element that uh, we liked about the, our main characters from before. And I like the dynamic between Yumiko and Michonne. I think that works well. Yumiko seems to be kind of the moral leader. Yeah. More calm and centered leader. For sure. I did really appreciate that whole dynamic where she's explaining, uh, where Yumiko is explaining to Michonne about the other guy they had with him who died who wore the obnoxious shirt. Yeah. And that um, Magna didn't like him at first, but then finally became very fond of him. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when the herd is coming through and Michonne says, Michonne realizes something that she sees one of the zombies and goes, this is the herd that took out your, your uh, vehicle. And like, how do you know? And then you see the guy with the shirt on. Yeah. And they all realize it's their friend. Yeah. And I, I was struck by the way that Michonne kind of humanely put him down. She didn't like chop up his head. She grabbed them from behind and then very kind of gently inserted her sword up into the back of the guy's head in a way that didn't wasn't like particularly graphic. Yeah, disrespectful or anything. Kind of gently put him down and then laid him on the ground. And I thought yeah, that, that I thought that was very very uh, a very very moving. Uh, her coming to respect. Definitely. Them and understanding they're not all that together different from the way we were and and later when when michonne arrives at the graveyard mm-hmm. in season eight i mean in episode eight to help uh aaron uh daryl and uh jesus and eugene then magna yomiko and the rest of them show up to help yeah i thought that was really cool they said they wanted to make sure they earned their place right the, and, the and you know they've obviously that's i thought that was a great way to to do it of course this is much different than in the the part of the book I've read where Alexandria is very welcoming to these people. Yeah. When they arrive, there's no, of course, Michonne isn't there, nor is she the leader. Of course, it's Rick that's, that's welcoming them. And he's, he's all like, yeah, Hey, <laughs> Rick and Andrew, like, Hey, it's nice to see you. And I mean, they even in the, in the story, they even kind of kidnap, they, sne- they, they are allowed to roam free. And they actually meet Negan. They're like, who are they keeping down in there? And then they sneak down there and they meet Negan. And Negan's like, oh, these people are terrible. They took me from my home. They killed my family. And they locked me in here. Please help me. Let me out. And he's crying and all that. And finally, Magna goes, something just doesn't seem right about you. (laughs) (laughs) And then Negan stops and he gets all calm. And he's like, well, it was worth a try. (laughs) (laughs) And so then they leave him, and then they're like, something's going on here. And so they sneak into Rick and Andrea's house. And then when Andrea comes home, they, like, force her to sit down, and they won't let her out. And she goes, look. And Andrea says, look, I don't want this to be a thing. I'll answer your questions when we're done. You need to let me go, or this is not going to turn out well. Yeah. And I understand you're suspicious, but, you know, you're holding me in my house with at, at knife point, and... 
Yep. I don't really appreciate that. I understand you're scared. I'll answer your questions. But when we're done, you need to like put that knife away and let me the fuck out of my house <laughs> or this is going to go bad. And so they, they ask her a bunch of questions and then they're satisfied. And But it's a totally different thing. Yeah, it is. But for TV, I think it works given the dynamic of what happened with Michonne. I know yeah. um, I don't really understand and I didn't really understand it after the they arrive at the hilltop what happened yeah they don't really say because you know it can't just be because she doesn't want to take part in that fair (laughs) (laughs) and that fair is a prominent prominent element in the beginning of this part of the story in the book where they're talking about they're all getting ready to take part in this fair that they use to build community and all that and well even michonne didn't she seem surprised when uh, they mentioned that Maggie wasn't the leader anymore. Oh yeah. And clearly I was wondering at first why they wouldn't have told her, but it's because apparently they're not supposed to communicate with them. Yeah. But I mean, they're just completely out of the loop of each and other. She's, and she's uh, well, it seems like Michonne doesn't want to have relations with them except, you know, tangentially. Yeah. And she was more, it seems she's more pissed that Sadiq is talking to people there behind her back. Yeah. <laughs> Because remember later he meant she's told that Aaron was there and Aaron's here. What the? And so she's like, apparently he's engaging in a back channel without my knowledge. Yeah. (laughs) And so I'm wondering what happened between her and Maggie that it led to basically Michonne for the most part, breaking relations with these people altogether. Yeah. Because they seem very suspicious of each other now. And yeah, they do. You know, they even use the phrase, we have one of yours, <laughs> Rosita. Yeah. I just thought that what could have possibly happened? I mean, Michonne and Maggie seem to have made peace over the whole Negan issue. And I don't understand what, why, you know, obviously Rick dying certainly probably changed some things, but I don't, I don't really understand. I wonder if it has something to do with the X scars that we've seen. Yeah, yes, I, I was wondering about that because... Daryl has the exact same scars on his back. Yeah. And What's I mean, whatever that? that was, I mean, I, we don't know at all. Yes. But uh, maybe that has something to do with her resentment of Maggie in the Hilltop. Maybe somehow that was involved. You well, know? that, I mean, that would be, that would be something that ended up with scars implies physical abuse of some kind and branding. Yeah. Or torture or, yeah, something like that. Who knows so what, it, what? That can't be something Maggie did to them. No, to Not, I, I wouldn't have assumed that Maggie did it, but maybe you know somehow she failed to help them. Or yeah, I don't get that. That's something. I don't get. That I, I don't know either. either. I don't I'm, know either. But I'm just I'm curious. curious. Me, that's the only thing we know of that could like yeah. could I, have uh, put negative emotions in her head or messed her up somehow. You know, I'm just curious what the backstory is and what happened. There was obviously something, some major point that happened in that six year period, which I imagine they'll cover in a movie. Oh yeah, probably. They probably might, they might end up referencing it and then that'll be part of the basis of a movie. Uh, But clearly Rick doesn't interact with them in that movie because they don't reference having seen him. They don't reference knowing he's alive. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe there'll come a point in time that would be awesome if he was like a guest star on an episode and they ran into him again 
Yeah. I can't imagine that would end well with Michelle going, you've been alive this whole time and you didn't come back to check on your daughter. And then we find yeah. out that they had a son together. Wow. That little boy. Yeah. That they just showed once. I thought that was like her having like a, a delusional fit, remembering her son from before. But no, she mentions in a conversation with Carol that apparently she had a baby with, with Rick. Yeah. From Rick. Yeah. After Rick died. I don't know. It sounds to me maybe it is that just Michonne doesn't want to share resources. Because yeah. the conversation is we got to take care of our own. And that may be why they're just like, you're just a, an asshole. You don't want to help. We need help. We should help each other. And she doesn't want to have anything to do with it. Because she says, yeah. there's us, there's you, and then there's the kingdom. And that's that. And I imagine that'll come to play in the conflict with the whispers that um, because she doesn't help, it becomes much worse. I don't know. So, um, but I'm wondering what caused Maggie to leave and go yeah. with Georgie other than the obvious thing. That's how they wrote her off the story <laughs> off the show. But I mean, I wonder what the actual story reason is that she decided to just leave. Yeah. I imagine they'll talk about that. Probably. It'll be interesting to see, though. Yeah. Um, I really like the discourse between Gabriel and Negan. <laughs> yeah. When it kind of deteriorated to the point of Gabriel's like, would you just shut up? <laughs> <laughs> just shut up for once in your life. I thought that was great because it used to tell him, you know, you're not funny. You're not Woody. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. You're just picking at him. Yeah. You're lucky, you know, we didn't, like, cut off your feet. <laughs> Well, if they did cut off his feet, then it wouldn't matter if the cell was unlocked. He wouldn't be able to get out. True, true. And and speaking of that cell being unlocked, who unlocked it? I don't know. Talking Dead said it was Gabriel who accidentally left it unlocked, but there was a guard in there. Hmm. Did the guard leave it unlocked? I don't know. It seems like somebody did. Yeah. Robert Kirkman said that is adapted from a scene in the book where the cell was unlocked. But Negan doesn't leave because he's trying to prove that he's a changed guy. No. I don't know. I mean, that wouldn't have worked with Jeffrey Dean Morgan. So. Have you seen, by the way, that uh, video game clip I posted on Facebook? I'm embarrassed to say. On our page? There's um, a fighting video game. I believe it's Tekken. It's one of the major like fighting games um, from Asia. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's like a huge franchise. But they added Jeffrey Dean Morgan's Negan to the game. Nope. As like an exclusive character, and it's just all these like big buff Asian guys, and then Jeffrey Dean Morgan coming in with his bat and his leather jacket, and they even have um the opening of the the announcement trailer of him being put in the game was all of the fighting characters on their knees lined up as he comes out of the RV, just like his introduction scene. Oh, is that what that was? I just kind of bre- I saw the picture. I just thought it was a picture. No, it's a it's a little trailer for him being added to this game, and it literally opens up with him just like. Little pig, little pig, and like walking around, he does the eeny meeny miny mo thing, and yeah. it like, and then like it shows actually how he fights in the game. It looks really fun. No kidding. Yeah, yeah, it's really neat, and it's actually him doing the voice too, which is cool. That's good. Yeah, That's good. I know he loved he loved doing the character. Yeah, yeah. He says so when he goes and when he like is out with Norman Reedus, mm-hmm. that people are like really friendly and pleasant to Norman Reedus, but they treat him like shit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He uh, like he heard, he heard a lot of people. 
I love the comedian. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I'd have been like, I love the comedian. And I loved your character from uh, Magic City. I've never seen that one. Yeah, it was on Stars for two seasons. He plays a uh, a guy who is trying. He he runs a hotel in Miami mm-hmm. Beach, and he's trying to make his way through the mafia and through possible criminal activity to oh, yeah, build you up mentioned hotel. That. I forgot. Yeah, it's it's um, I thought it was very good. I only ended up watching season one, and I got behind, and then before I could get to season two, I found that the show show was canceled. So I'm like, well, got to prioritize other shows, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But actually, the guy, um, I think his name is Danny Houston. Mm-hmm. He's, he's played like, he played Major Striker in the Wolverine, the original Wolverine oh, okay. movie. And you've seen, he's been in a, in a bunch of things. Yeah. Um, including played Samuel Adams. Oh, wow. John Adams series. The brewer and the cousin of John Adams. Yeah. Interesting. So, uh, and number, but he plays like this really, um, brutal gangster mm. in Miami beach in in magic city. Um, and which of course has nothing to do with walking dead. So anyway, moving on, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering who unlocked that cell. Cause I thought, I thought he was going to come out, pick up the ball and then consider leaving and then go back in. But yeah. And well, then, we didn't really see what happens after him walking out of the cell, you know, well, so the, the, um, the preview trailer for season nine B shows him walking into the sanctuary going with Lucille going daddy's home. Oh, wow. So I know he's, he is a big character in the overall arc of the whispers. Mm. And I, it, I'm not sure if he helps the whispers or I don't know. He's such a complex character. Mm. So, but I, again, going back to my original point, I love the whole, whole <laughs> Well, he says, I don't even know which eye I'm supposed to look at. <laughs> yeah. And you can tell it, it, when Gabriel walks out of the first interaction where he's doing that you know, meditation thing, you can mm-hmm. see him look up at the sky and go, God, you do try me. <laughs> this guy. Now, the thing in, in episode seven that kind of perplexed me was, you know, Daryl mentioned that the dog, because the dog's trapped. I'm like, oh, they're going to get the dog's going to get killed. Well, that's really yeah. going to dim my mood here. Yeah. It was bad enough when they did the, the tiger. I was with you. I was worried horses, about it. Horses, like, like when, they, when Judas rescues the group in the beginning, they leave the fucking horses there. And they're tied to their cart. Well, you know those horses were lunch. Yep. So, I mean, in the book, at least, they cleared a path and they rode their cart out of there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I just, yeah. I, but, um... He says he says afterwards to Henry that the dog you know I didn't like Henry and but he it's kind of growing on me a little bit. Yeah. He's not quite as much of an idiot. Yeah. But he mentions that the dog usually checks the traps but never got stuck before. It looked mm-hmm. to me like the dog was tied up. Hmm. And I thought Daryl tied him up and used him as like a warning and a bait and I'm like, "Well, that's kind of cruel." Yeah. That kind of pissed me off, but then Daryl yeah. said he got stuck, so okay. But given how manipulative Carol can be and how much she wanted Daryl and Henry to bond so Daryl would go to the hilltop, I'm wondering if Carol tied up the dog to force that whole interaction with Henry and Daryl because they showed her in that brief clip where she had her bow and arrow out ready to to assist if it got out of hand. Interesting. 
I'm kind of thinking maybe she tied the dog up or she trapped the dog there to force Daryl into rushing over there and she knew Henry would help and then they would bond and the hope was then he would come with them. And I'm like, if Carol did that, I'm like, dang, you cold. I mean, that's manipulative as heck, but I could see her doing that. But to put the, you know, obviously bothers me to put the dog at that kind of risk. But, you know, to think for that dog to have survived out on his own, that dog's a badass. True. <laughs> True. All the things that could have gotten that dog, people trying to eat him, zombies trying to eat him, other animals, and that yeah. dog survived and True. and doesn't have a problem being around people. Mm-hmm. Dog like that would be like staying away from everybody. Because so, remember when they met those other dogs on the road on the way to Virginia? And then they yeah. ended up, the dogs were like getting ready to attack them. And so then they had like dog for dinner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was awkward. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I, I'm kind of thinking Carol tied the dog up. Yeah, so. I never considered that, but that really yeah. could be. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if we find that out later. Mm-hmm. And then I'm really going to be mad at Carol for a while. So. Yeah, me too. So far, this has been a great adaptation of Volume 22. Mm-hmm. Um, they they pulled a little bit into it from the first six. Yeah, the first five episodes they pulled a little of that stuff with Earl Sutton and Jay on all that, and Gabriel. I'm not Gabriel. Um, uh, the guy who used to run Hilltop, Xander Berkeley. Oh, uh, you, Eugene. I was gonna say Eugene. Uh, Gregory. Gregory. Yeah. <laughs> that whole hanging Gregory and all that—that's not in the book. Gregory gets put in jail like Negan. Mm. Um. And there is the manipulation and all that. It's, it's pretty close, but the whole executing Gregory doesn't happen. Yeah. At least not at that point that I've read. But, uh, um, yeah, I I thought it was, it's was it been a great adaptation of Volume 22. I really like how they've adapted the roles of the characters that do these particular things in the book, but who died or aren't on the show anymore. And they've adapted them into other characters. Like Henry is Carl. What he's doing is what Carl did. Yeah. Um, they've absorbed part of Rick's role into Carol, where um, she go, he goes with Carl to the hilltop so that Carl can uh, apprentice with Earl Sutton. Oh, and yeah. Carl is, is kind of been writing to, I think he's been writing to Sophia or another girl from the hilltop. Hmm. I can't remember. But, Rick keeps trying to ask him and Carl's like embarrassed and doesn't want to talk about it. I think yeah. it's Sophia. I think that that sounds right. Yeah. But the stuff with, um, there's a thing where Sophia gets kind of accosted by these other boys. I think they kind of, they did away with that and they turned it into those people that get Henry drunk. The ones I called the douchey teens. Yeah. The douchey teens. Yeah, that's what then, I call in my head. Yeah, and then I, I'm guessing that he'll probably either get involved with that girl there or with Enid. Mm. But, of course, that guy that Enid is is now with, he is the savior, and he's not in the book. So Yeah. Neither is Enid. But yeah, Enid yeah. is Sophia, and Tara is Maggie. Because mm. everything Maggie did in yeah. that part is being done by Tara. And yeah. He just isn't. I don't recall if Jesus still lives at the hilltop or if he lives at Alexandria. Um, but he's not the elected leader of the hilltop in the book. And of course, he doesn't die in the book either. 
I like what they're doing. I, I again, I could have done without Jesus dying, but I, I think for TV they did this as a good plot device to establish an emotional reaction to the whispers. Yeah, you know, especially yeah. when the guy when he stabs him, he says, "You're where you don't belong." <laughs> yeah, that's a big thing that the whispers are are they're very territorial. Mm. So at least the ones in the book, but and yeah. the, pre, the preview trailer for the second half looks really cool. I didn't see it. Is it? Yes. And, and the, um, you know, when you finally find out what the deal is with the whispers, mm-hmm. um, I, I already knew the deal because I've read this, but you know, the way that they adapted it, that they kind of played up not too long though. They did it just for the right amount of time this notion that the walkers might be evolving. Yeah. Because there's a, there's a, um, one of those day of the dead, George Romero Mm -hmm. line of zombie movies where these zombies are evolving. Yeah. And that's at least a nod to that, that thing. But I like that they didn't do it too long. (laughs) Yeah. They didn't stretch it out too much, but there was just enough there where it was really kind of cool and interesting. And if you didn't know about the whispers, yes, you could like, actually what? see that, you know? And you're like, my God, they are moving around, changing direction. Because Eugene goes, I think they're looking for me. They've been back through here twice. Yeah. <laughs> and then that whole thing where um, uh, Daryl's trying to distract them and he uses mm-hmm. the firecrackers and they go and they still keep following Eugene. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, damn. Yeah. Yeah, so I thought that was so well done. But again, they didn't take it too far because at the end you find out that it's just a guy wearing a mask. Yeah. So I thought but it's that cool, was- though, because like like you said, though, if you didn't know about the whisperers already, oh, no. yeah, it's really cool because you see them starting to change. And then you're like, wait, did I hear them talk? You know, and you don't really know what's going on. Oh. But it like. Yeah, I would have been. It slowly builds, you know what I mean? If I didn't know, I would have been like, oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah, right? (laughs) It really, you would literally, you would blah, 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 blah. You would literally believe that, like, maybe they are evolving. Maybe this is a totally different twist on the zombie show. You know what I mean? Like, there's also an equally plausible point i would have been like are you fucking kidding me yeah that's <laughs> really true. they're going this way with it come on <laughs> it depends but i think they played it cool enough that i think i would be into it even if i didn't know about the whispers yeah yeah because like it could be like you said it could definitely go world war z and be like almost hokey or not world war z was the um, z. show uh, z nation <laughs> oh yeah i, I could see it being like almost hokey you know what i mean Where like if they played it that way where like maybe the zombies are talking and then they get slapsticky or something but like they really played it really cool, I think. Yeah, I, I, I like the way they did it. And Me too. Yeah, I think it worked out well. And I'm really looking I'm really looking forward to what they do next. Cause I I've been debating I think I'm gonna go ahead and read ahead. Oh yeah. But uh maybe not. I don't know. I'm not, I'm on the fence. I don't know what to do. I might read ahead just to, you know, but on the other hand, I might not because I, I'm in uncharted territory here. I don't know. It's like the first, the first five episodes of this season. Then that's not stuff that's in the book. Yeah. Except for the little part with, with uh, Earl Sutton and um, uh, Brett Butler. Yeah. That stuff is adapted from the book, but the rest of it's not. Mm -hmm. And so 
it was interesting to see it unfold without knowing what was going to happen. So I don't know. I'm probably leaning against reading it, but I went and got all the issues because they're up to like volume 31. Oh, wow. So, I mean, the whole whispers, believe it or not, the whole whispers thing started in 2013. That's when All Out War wrapped up in the comics in 2013. Oh, wow. I think late, late 2013, yeah. Because hmm. they were putting out two issues a month for six months to cover it. But it ended, it ended I think, in the fall of 2013, and then they started with the Whispers thing then. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know where they are now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? So... Uh, and then the, the last thing I had was um, I really loved some of the cinematography that they used. Uh, there's a, the closing scene of s- episode seven is when they're riding out to go find Eugene and they uh-huh. have that drone goes up and w- watches them ride off from up in the sky. Yeah. But that was good. There's another scene where they're approaching the farmhouse and it's a, it's a God's eye shot from above. And you see the flashlights and they're down there as they're approaching it. That was well done. But the best scene was they incorporated some special shots when Jesus was fighting, where they did it in slow motion when he would strike. I thought that was really cool. Really well done. Yeah, I agree. I really liked it. Yeah. I just, all in all, I'm really, really, um, really hopeful. Everything about this season has really won me back so far. I was kind of we've we've talked about it forever we've been kind of tired going into each season but this one really kind of it was a return to form that we really needed yeah unfortunately it hasn't helped the ratings any (laughs) i haven't actually been yeah the 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 season premiere was uh six and they've steadily gone down in a range uh the lowest point they got was actually Stradivarius they were at 4 million wow but I was the, kind of afraid to check because I knew it would be better yeah episode 8 was 5 so and that's uh, you know I don't know what I don't know how many more you get from um, you know plus 3 plus 7 but total number of viewers was in the 5 range primarily well but the in the the um, episode eight was five, so they lost about a, almost one million viewers between the season premiere and episode eight. Wow. So that's sad. <laughs> yeah, but fortunately, it's not on you know an over-the-air broadcast so a network. So five million is pretty good, or or, or enough to keep it going. I don't know what mm-hmm. the, I don't know what the eighteen to forty-nine is. Wow! Apparently, Stradivarius was this third worst viewed episode ever. I don't know. It's it's funny because I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I really liked it. The thing is, I don't know. I don't know that those numbers are as impactful as they used to be, since there are so many options out there. You know, when we were talking kind of off, off microphone a little bit about the original Battlestar Galactica and how it supposedly had 60 million viewers for the pilot. Well, you'd never get a show with 60 million viewers unless it's like a a sports, like the Super Bowl or something. Yeah. Nowadays, you know, it's, there's so many 
more options. When Battlestar Galactica came out in 1978, you basically had just the three networks. That's it. Doing just a little looking though, I guess it's still basically the top thing on cable aside from sports broadcasts, but yeah, that's not, you know, great still. (laughs) Still, if it's think about how, how diffuse the viewership is Mm. and and just how everything's apparently gone down. You know, True. People must be watching Netflix or they're not watching it when it's on. That's the other problem yeah. with the ratings. They're just not watching it when it was on. I'll be honest. I mean, I didn't watch it when it was on. And now there's so many more options like Hulu and YouTube and a bunch of other services have live TV now. So if you're yeah. watching through one of those services. I think they I think you know. they factored that in. I, I think they Maybe. factored I don't know. live and they get the they get it reported, but like Netflix doesn't generally report their data. Yeah, and like like I've discussed many times, I can't remember the last time I watched The Walking Dead when it was on. Yeah, its first run. I always watch it after. And in this in case in point is what we're doing here. I did not get into episode eight until last night. Yeah. And that's eight days after it was on because I just didn't have time. Yeah. I mean, I watched in, in the Arrowverse shows that we, we talk about periodically. I had to finish all those on Netflix. I'm so far behind. <laughs> I saw the first one or two of this season of Flash and Arrow and that's it. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm pleasantly, pleasantly surprised. I, I'm enjoying what I'm seeing in the new ones. And I watched like the first 10 minutes of Black Lightning, the pilot. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. I, I think I saw the whole first episode of Black Lightning and I did like it, but I just haven't Not, Yeah, it's uh, uh Yeah. Yeah. The other one, uh, Legends of Tomorrow, still for me remains the weakest. Uh Supergirl overtook it for me as the weakest. I, I haven't even finished last season yet. I'm it actually I don't know it, if I will. It, it actually <laughs> I, yeah, will. I, I thought it I thought it worked out well. Yeah. I it, they kinda lost me with the whole rain storyline and yeah, that gets annoying, but there's uh, and they do just as an aside. They do this thing that they do on Arrow all the time with the Black Siren character. Mm-hmm. By now, they should be aware that she has a sonic blast power that comes out of her mouth. <laughs> that if you are in front of her when you're rushing her, you're probably going to get hit with it. Yeah. And yet they are all the time rushing at her, <laughs> and they seem quite surprised when she blasts them with that sonic so- scream. <laughs> well yeah. one of the other world killers that's her power that's her special power other than the flying around and the heat beams and all that's her special power is that sonic siren scream yeah and then there's a, a dynamic where they die and the rain absorbs the powers of this person so now she has it <laughs> and they still numerous times rush her from the front and and then they, of course, <laughs> they get blasted into oblivion and Those then, CW shows always love abilities where people get flung around like that. Yeah. They actually used to, during Smallville, we used to call it the Smallville throwing around gag because yeah. it would literally be every episode, there'd be some way for them to like have someone punch whatever or have Clark just fly and like hit the barn and then someone else would hit whoever and they'd fly the other way. And it's just like, they love doing that. Anyways, I'm sorry. Yeah. Kabam. <laughs> yeah. So not to get off on a tangent there. <laughs> Uh, Pretty good at that. Yeah. They need to bring uh, um, Roy Harper onto uh, Walking Dead. That'd be cool. Quite a meal that would be. I'm just kidding. 
I love it. Just kidding. He's in fighting shape, Roy. Yeah, he fights donuts every day. Yeah, it looks like it's working because he's he's in he's in slim form. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. Colton Haynes. Yeah, which is uh, again, who yeah. cares? <laughs> Apparently, we do. Maybe a little too much. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, in as far as my final thought is, um, I really am happy about the way things are going, and I hope they keep it up. Angela Kang seems to be doing a really good job as showrunner brought in some new you know energy into it mm-hmm. not that scott gimple was at all bad uh, i don't know if um you know you just never know how these things it seems that they lost most of their audience because of how brutal the season premiere season seven was yeah i think that lost most of them yeah and the uh, and in killing one person was enough but they had to do two so yeah but they did what they did and that's that indubitably so well that's it for this week thank you all for joining us appreciate your patience in our absence we have some uh, special content planned maybe a recap of one of the volumes that we didn't do I think doing volume 22 will work because it's already stuff they've passed on the show and it doesn't give anything away mm-hmm. but my reluctance to do it so far is because this is the new stuff and I don't want to spoil anything alright well you can give us a call on our voicemail line at 561-501-1483 and leave us your comments and feedback by emailing us at twdpodcast at gmail.com or by posting a comment on our Facebook page. Anyway, there's never been a better time to be... A nerd! Or well-organized. <laughs> well, that's not going to happen. Yes. So, stay safe any place you are. <laughs> I'm trying to come up with a city. Let's say Argo. <laughs> There you go. They save Argo. And uh, we'll see you back here for our next episode. Hike. Touch, touchdown. <laughs> touchdown. <laughs> touchdown. Field goal. Field goal. <sighs> the crowd goes wild. <sighs> yes. Awesome.